0: In deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Pucks in deep. Bless you, boys. Young men expressing themselves. Unbelievable. Pucks in deep.
1: Put it in deep.
0: I just can't get over people ripping Sheldon Keith and his staff. They have done a terrific job with that team. I mean, half the pundits in this city think they really know about the game, but they really don't. It just pisses me off for a, a fellow coach in this league. Some of the things that he is criticized for is beyond belief to me. And, and it just shows that people have no clue what's going on in this game. So I'm glad we won, but I want to support him and because I, I think him and his staff have done a terrific job with that hockey club. Thank you. You know, get pucks deep, putting the puck deep, Put pucks in deep you can never go wrong with getting pucks in deep Just put the puck deep, getting pucks out, getting pucks deep Pucks in deep, pucks in deep. Puck deep, pucks deep, keep getting pucks deep Pucks in deep, baby We're back We're in the garage This is the first time It's a little different
1: Is it because your wife won't let us do this in the house anymore?
0: <laughs> That's the only thing she won't let us do in the house anymore, you know what I'm saying Uh, no this is the garage. I mean, look around, bro. It's obviously sick. You've Are done you? it
1: up beautifully. You've created a a man space. But there's no tools. Well, there's a few over there. Oh, no, there's, there's no tools. There's a lack of tools. There's a
0: severe lack of tools.
1: The Last time I was here it was full of tools.
0: <laughs> oh my god. The previous owner it had s- to the brim. So much shit. Previous owner had so much shit. Um, okay, Pucks and D podcast episode sixty six. Mario Lemieux. Um, magnificent Mario. It's not a magnificent time right now in Leafland. Josh Coleman, Adam Lesko. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Coleman42, at Lesko Adam. And uh, you can <laughs> you definitely found us on Twitter over the last couple of days, last week or so, Lesko. It's been a bit of a roller coaster, some highs and some lows. We'll get into those a little bit more detailed later. But um, things, are, things are different right now. It's not, uh, not, so, not so great here in Leafland right now.
1: It was a quick short lived week, I guess, of hockey that we got to enjoy as fans of the Toronto Maple Leafs.
0: It made me feel like I did I did so much work to prepare this garage for it. And I know a few of our dedicated listeners have spent time here. And you know, I'm glad you guys came out, all of you. You know who you are. Um, hopefully you had a great time here. And I I remember I think it was Lee maybe one of our dedicated listeners was I love how many games there are in the garage. He says it's like an Olympic it's like an Olympics of games, you got the washers, you got the darts, you got the ping pong, you know, even the Xbox and Super Nintendo are making an appearance out here, but um it made me feel like I put all this effort into the garage and ultimately had it just kind of swept out from underneath me because the Leafs are out, and i don 't really have much of a purpose to come out here and watch. However, if you know me well enough, you know that I am a super hockey fan. I'm a super Leaf fan, but I'm also a super hockey fan. So I do really, really enjoy watching the playoffs. And uh, if you're a fellow Leaf fan, you can understand when I say that I have become very accustomed to watching playoffs that are Leafs free. So, uh, <laughs> the playoffs are How Leafs we free. All. The playoffs are Leafs free because the playoffs start tonight. Let's go. We got the game in front of us right now. We're at the intermission of the first overtime between the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Tampa Bay Lightning. It Could have been the Leafs, but it's not. Uh, and they're go- about to go to double overtime. So we like to sit out here watch the game. We're uh, switching it up a little bit, being out here in the garage. Hopefully, the acoustics are okay. But you know, let's go. We talked about maybe doing like a, a like a mid what was it like a mid game podcast or something like intermission podcast and get our raw thoughts right away. But it just wasn't possible with, I, with what was going on.
1: I thought about it. And I remember we mentioned potentially doing a post game, like an immediate post game, like of reaction and it's a damn good thing we did not because it was like, <laughs> there's no way I could do any of that right now. Like I need at least a day to decompress, woke up grumpy a couple of times in the past week yeah. You know, late night for as well with the eight o'clock start, a yep. couple overtimes. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't uh it wasn't easy to rationalize what how I was feeling or my thoughts in the immediate aftermath of some of the losses that they experienced. Well, coupled with the the series loss.
0: Yeah, of course. Back to back to back of your time it seems. I mean every time since two thousand four, since before Facebook was invented. <laughs> You know, like try and figure that out. But, you know, I, I'm glad that we we took a little bit of time as well. If I'm not mistaken, Lesko, I think you had mentioned the immediate post-game um, podcast for game number four, which ultimately turned out to be our crazy comeback. And we were texting at some point, maybe, I think, and we were like, good thing we didn't do the podcast or whatever. And I was going to text you like after the victory and be like, Hey, you want to come over and do it now? Because we were so like we were so
1: pumped. I was all greased up too that night.
0: Like that would have been pretty epic podcasting. And, uh, I, and I think. it was
1: funny because I, I couldn't go to bed either. I was like, "Nah, no, I'm gonna fire off a few more here." And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, was, I
0: remember people on Twitter were like, "So I'm just supposed to go to bed?"
1: There was a lot of people deleting tweets that night, eh? Because people were fully trashing the team, like. Yes. You know, I, I trashed them too. I, I think i made some comment along the lines that I'd seen more effort from Gary, Gary Robertson in an alumni game, alumni game. Than, <laughs> than out of this team.
0: But, uh, Which is fair. That's different. Sorry to interject, but that's fair. That's different than, you know, saying, saying someone sucks or saying that someone should be fired or should be traded. Like, you are only entering knee-jerk, knee-jerk when you say that shit. You are entering knee-jerk territory when you say that stuff. And
1: that's a lot of what you see, I think, even in the aftermath of the next game where they actually lost the series. Right. Didn't and, score you know, a goal. I, I I, think what's most annoying for me is, and I've mentioned this before, but I hate hypothetical trade talk for oh, the most part. Yes, I agree. Um, I, I, the tools that you can use now were pretty cool because you can actually check deals and cap comply them and all that kind of stuff. See oh, okay. if it actually worked you know, to test your theory to a certain degree, but which only so many people are just talking outside their asses. And it's, it's a conversation. Obviously we're going to get into, I think it's a really disappointing 24 hours for the Maple Leafs, considering not only did they lose that series, but now we find out that that first round pick that they had to dump off in the Patrick Marlowe salary dump deal is going to be 12th overall to the Carolina Hurricanes, who look like they're gearing up for another good playoff run,
0: uh, yeah. And we would have loved to have used that pick. Let's be honest; everyone would love to use that pick. But well, no one thought it was going to be twelfth. No, I and mean, I think
1: that's why they were comfortable giving it away. So, I guess the question is, was that worth it? Even still, to well, shed that last year at Marlowe's deal,
0: yeah, but that's that's a difficult. Uh, yes, but yes, I would say yes, it is because I don't know where we are if we can't get rid of Marlowe's deal.
1: That's true, because I don't know what the team looks like. I don't know what the team looks like. And it was essential in order to sign the contracts that they they decide to sign.
0: The problem that exists, though, Lesko, is the haters will say it would be a good thing if the team was different. Whereas I'm saying, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know what to say there. It's too hypothetical for me because I don't know what the team looks like. Can you take me to that alternate universe and show me what the team looks like exactly? No, you can't. So... But the haters, like I said, they're going to say, well, that would be amazing if we didn't have one of those fucking guys that doesn't work hard and blah, blah, blah. Like when you start having that argument, I can't talk to you anymore. I I can't have this discussion with you if you're going to be irrational like that, which is all the fucking time. And I'm such a huge lightning rod. I I guess I'm going to enter my semi rant already. Eight and a half minutes into the Pucks Indeed podcast. Welcome back. Episode 66. I thought I was going to rant immediately off the top because I decided to use the Tortorella support of Sheldon Keith selfishly, and his staff. I decided to use that because I have spent the better part of the last twenty four plus hours having that argument with so many people that want Dubas fired and they want Keith gone after fifty two games and a hundred and two point pace.
1: It's a, it's a weird for people to say something like that. You know, you watch the same thing they did. All year long, or maybe they didn't. Who knows? There could be just mouse online. I'm sure you find your fair share, but
0: maybe they just look at the stat sheet, you know. But like, I, I'm I thinking,
1: like, there's no way Sheldon Keefe's getting fired, there's no way Kyle Dubas is getting fired. That's to say, like, oh, that should happen. Looking at it, there's no way the Leafs would do it. So, why should it happen?
0: Would you say that Dubas is on a hot seat?
1: I think there's a little more pressure. The heat's been turned up on them a little bit here.
0: I said earlier today that it was lukewarm to a friend of mine. I said I, I would say it's lukewarm at best, and if there's another disappointing failure next season, then it's full on, full on. As in, they may they they could they could maybe pull the trigger at that point, which I, which right. I know seems strange because it's only one season away, but it's kind. We're we talking
1: like a playoff miss next season, yeah. Would be yeah. possibly lights out for him. A
0: playoff miss could be lights out, right? A first round defeat, depending on who we play, where we seed, and who we play. I think the would cha- be would would also turn up the heat to a to a really concerning level if you're if you're Kyle Dubis or his grandmother Marietta.
1: See, I think the challenge here for Dubas, obviously is, it's going to be very difficult to make a lot of moves with this team. The Leafs are on the bad end of this. You know, basically, salary cap freeze. It's not going up for years.
0: Yeah, but you're not expecting major moves, are you?
1: I'm not expecting major moves, but in order to potentially address, it it depends what side of the coin are you on. Are you on the coin that there are fundamental issues with this team that need to be addressed outside of the defense because it's been terrible my entire life, or are you of the attitude that a few pieces? uh, You know, it's going to be tinkering involved in the off season. There isn't. There isn't. Reason to do anything major and we're we're largely going to come back with this group next year but the only difficulty i have with the latter is how can you come back with the same group this year given that if this isn't just knee-jerk reaction with regards to their performance in this series this is very similar to what we saw from this team all season long and it was you know there was a lot going on this season but this isn't new for this team They've been inconsistent. They had their, you know, shitty runs, losing three in California, getting right. dusted by the, by the equipment guy. Yeah. You know, it's... it's <laughs> equipment guy. It's, it's not entirely out of line to say that if you come back with this same group next year, how much different of a result can you expect?
0: I'm just going to quote the last several words of your, of your, of your sentence there. What, what kind of results can you expect? So what I would like to point out is at the time of the Babcock firing, we're six points out. Let that sink in, six points out. I know it's early, but, but is it really that early, Lesko? It was November 21st, man. Six points out and five consecutive L's when we finally made the change. If we don't wait, and expect something to be different. That's the definition of crazy, is it right? Or insanity or something like that. That's the joke. The same thing and expect, doing the same thing and expecting different results. We did the same thing and we expected different results. And I'm echoing my previous podcast statements, I'm sure. I almost want to play them back because I felt like this season was just a throwaway. Whatever happens, happens. And I told my friend about that. And I remember getting a really strange reaction like, well, what the fuck do you mean? You're not even going to, you're not going to cheer for them or something? No, no, of course I'm going to cheer for them and I'm going to hope they're going to win and maybe they will. But the decision was made to just go with Babcock again after everything that went down and how fucking terrible it was. And what did they expect to happen, Lesko? I don't understand how it took so long, and my question for you with what you said, what kind of results could we have expected? What kind of results could we have expected had we made the change in a timely manner and started the season with Keefe and his system and cuts, training yeah. camp, we'll all never, that fun stuff? We'll never know. I know we will never we'll know, never but know. I don't think we're six points out and losing five right. in a row. Right. And, I and, don't but think it's,
1: it's really hard to. it's really hard to assess, though, because like I said... They still played another 40 games under Keefe, and we saw the same shit that we saw in this series against Columbus. Yeah, fair enough. The sample size isn't exactly small here with this group.
0: I know that, but how do you implement a complete changing of the guard, a complete possession-changing game? These kids were brought into the NHL and the only system that they have known was Babcock's and now we're changing it to a brand new fucking system and only seven or eight of our guys really know what it is because they played Marley's and they were good so how how can you expect massive changes and consistent changes in my honest opinion you're right we saw some touches of poor play like like we used like we had been seeing over the last couple of seasons in the series against Columbus. I agree with you. But at the same time, I also believe that we saw a hell of a lot of good stuff in that series too. We showed that we actually do have the ability to play in a low-ish scoring game, but we couldn't get but I
1: would argue that they any- don't. They didn't prove that. But, how,
0: but why, why, They didn't why adapt.
1: Though? They didn't adapt the whole series. They adapted in game two. They adapted for two periods of game three.
0: Right. And then well, game 14 two, minutes did.
1: of game four. Game two they did. You have to give you, them game you two. Know, that that's, was a good That's what really effort. bothered me, and you know, I, I have faith that the coaches brought this up frequently, but it was hard for them to shift from that home plate offense that they, they love to play. All right. They are always trying to get the best quality scoring chances in the slot, in those dangerous areas. And that involves a lot of low percentage passes. Yeah. You're right. And Columbus ate
0: that shit up. Yeah. They didn't try to muck it up and get a grease. Right. And when they did,
1: it worked for them. Now, albeit three of them came with an, an empty net. So it was a little easier to throw some traffic in front. Fair enough. But there was definitely not enough of that putting pucks on net and and getting into the dirty areas. most frustrating Most frustrating thing I think I saw in the, the game five was William Nylander, Morgan Riley did it. I saw several players pass up a direct shooting lane, a direct shooting lane. So nobody like nobody in the way, and yet they still like weren't looking to shoot. At one point, I, I believe it was Nealander skated past the net. And went behind the net with the puck when he had a clear shot.
0: Too sexy, then is what you're saying. Eh? It's
1: getting too sexy. We've talked about this before. This being a bit of a flaw is their inability to adapt to a team that doesn't. They can't break down so easily.
0: Okay, but let me ask it's, you it's this: It's easy then.
1: to play that system for 60 minutes against you know, Ottawa in February.
0: Okay, who who are you who are you talking about specifically on the team when you say that? I'm
1: talking about all of them.
0: Okay, but like.
1: I'm talking about them as a team. They're they're they've been built to play this certain way. But when they go when the defensive when there's a defensive lockdown on them, they do, they haven't adapted.
0: Yeah, but dude, the Matthews they shot. got
1: outshot in twi- two games by Columbus. Right, but dude, how the, do you get outshot? You're the second best well, offense in the worst. Well, because you don't take because you don't low
0: shots. That's why. They, right, but it, what, like. It's not all, like you can't tell me right now that you're just you mad because they didn't fucking shoot all the time. You're not that fan in the crowd that's going, "Shoot! Shoot!" Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: shoot so when so there's, there's no a, screen, there's right the in. there's the joke right there that I made was was did, oh, they, no did they need those guys? <laughs> did they need the shoot guys? Because apparently they did. <laughs> Because there were so many opportunities to shoot, Uh, they didn't, and I think that's part of the adjustment that they had a hard time making. Okay, but let me tell you you this though: take what you can get against a team like Columbus. I don't disagree.
0: I don't disagree, but let me hit you with this though: there were more than a few times when the Leafs took shots on goal that I hated. They were garbage. There was no point in taking it.
1: I think there's a there's a few players who are guilty of that regularly. Like they just, you know, for example, Mikheyev has historically been bad at that, and he was you know, pretty much what we expected was horrible again in the shot selection and was ineffective.
0: I don't even want to go there with Mitch. I don't know what to do.
1: Well he either doesn't shoot when you want him to or he when he does take shots, it's you know, and I get it, okay, maybe you're trying to catch the goalie off guard. That's fine. Yeah, I don't know. But, but you're right, like the shot selection is, is poor garbage when he does choose to shoot and when he's not trying to overpass. The reason why it's like I... pass it into the net. I know. Like what you can thread it through three st- sticks and under a guy's skate, but you can't you can't Throw pass it, into it the through net. a goalie's like pass. my pass. hole.
0: <laughs> the old shot pass from NHL Eleven. Sure. Um, listen, the reason why I asked you who on the team you were specifically referring to is because I felt that you were being slightly unfair to the Matthews line. Because the Matthews line is not a chip grind muck line. I don't care how you fucking describe it. No. Zach Hyman is a chip grind muck player, no. but the reason why he does that is to allow for the sexiness okay. of the Matthews and you know, whether whether it's Nylander or someone else, they can create some magic after Hyman. Gets the job done. Now, by the way, on a, on a complete sidebar, how good was Hyman in the series as well? He
1: was fantastic. He, he wasn't very effective in Game One, but none of the team none of really was. But that goal he scored um, from
0: that Matthews pass was ridiculous. Skate to skate yeah, to five hole,
1: phenomenal. And I really enjoyed that so that goal. The tying goal was incredible. That whole game was in. Uh, well, that old game was ridiculous. In that it was the most boring, awful game I had watched. And somehow we were still watching it, and we got to enjoy that. That was that's a game i will never forget. Even though it's a sidebar of, of the playoffs now that they didn't make it anywhere. Oh, it doesn't. Even but be I'll remember that now. game forever because it was incredible. It was incredible to experience, and, and I had a, I had a lot of fun, and I, I was quite happy after it.
0: I kept saying during Game Five, I was like, "We have to win. We have to win." Because if we don't win, then that unbelievable comeback is nothing. It's right. dick. Yep. And people will be like, oh, no, it's not. It still happened, and it was a good learning experience. I, nope. do, I do agree I with that. I don't want to hear about learning I don't want to hear it anymore. I know. We needed to win. It's, because then the comeback is like, oh, my God, we came back, and then we fucking won. You know? And now we're playing Tampa, and this could be us. It's still double OT, by the way. These games are getting pushed back, bro.
1: Yeah, it was. It was basically like I said, sidebar, footnote. Essentially, it doesn't really mean anything. But I'm just say, I'm just describing it from fans' standpoint and and how what it meant to me personally, just to see that. But you want to talk about resiliency in the playoffs or at the end of the season or in hockey in general? Uh, resilience is making that comeback, yes. But carrying that over yes. into something bigger. And they missed a huge opportunity to do that.
0: I remember the Keith quote after the game. It said, or I think it was the next day after the morning skate. He said, uh, "We're really, really, really excited to play tonight." And I read that, been. and I was like, "Yes!" But they you didn't. Know? They but, didn't look at a lot of guys. Didn't look at. Here's my biggest complaint, and it it is a direct Keith complaint. And everybody knows I've just been fucking stroking that guy off since I don't even know I fuck man a long time last year. I wanted Babcock fired in yeah. five minutes and yeah. wanted Keefe him. But anyways, this is a direct Keefe complaint, and I will soften the blow by saying it's hard to chirp a guy for not breaking up that nuclear line mm-hmm. because every time they were on the ice, they could have scored.
1: They did. and it's, Every time. Anyway. So
0: I can't blame the guy Lesko for doing it, but <clears throat> the problem is in game five specifically, nobody else showed. No. Nobody. And in games... Two and four, the games that we won, everyone showed up. Mm-hmm. Everyone was there. Even Clifford was on the ice making well, I plays. I
1: shouldn't say game four because they, they only showed up for a portion of that one. But Yeah, but
0: I remember in game four, our bottom lines were doing something. Spezza right. was doing they things. Spent, you're right.
1: That, that fourth line spent a lot okay. of time in the opposition. Yes, they
0: did. And the Kerfoot line. Okay, there was energy, and they were helping. Mm-hmm. We were losing, and we needed our big guns to come through, but those guys were helping. Yeah. In game five, nobody did anything outside of the nuclear line. So that- I can't blame Sheldon for not breaking it up, but my one my one small complaint would be I wish he tried it for the first and then moved on.
1: So you would agree then. That's great that you brought that up because my next question for you was going to tie it back to your original question asking me if Dubas was facing any heat. Okay. And, you know, I found Keefe was facing a bit of a heat online and elsewhere. Uh, There was some criticism, and it it has to do with that. It has to do with putting together line combinations that spent no time together in the regular season. William Nylander playing second-line center looking clearly uncomfortable. Um, you know, it, it clearly wasn't working after the first. I could, you could say that's what so I'm was surprised saying first, he didn't yeah. he didn't adapt quicker. Uh, that because that that second line, I, like kapanen has been out. He was out to lunch the entire series. Oh my god, he was he was like invisible, invisible for the most part, non-existent.
0: Yeah. honestly though, let's go. That, that that's why I mentioned that top line because it, it's they were so good. Like they were. They they completely dominated the puck. They I think were, it was... but
1: I don't want to fully extend that to Mitch because I thought he was terrible in the series. I He's agree. got one What do you have? One five, five, uh on five point. Um, this kid continues to become a ghost in the playoffs. Notwithstanding, I say last year he had a pretty decent playoff, but even still, only one I believe five five on five point last season. Uh, last playoff, sorry, most of his points coming on the power play. So I. You know Matthews and Tavares were the best players by far on the Maple Leafs in this series. I think it's Matthews uh, and, then
0: a, and then a long and, draw then, every, and then and then, then everyone, everyone else
1: because Tavares did have a, a game or two off. Uh, Morgan Riley, I thought was fantastic. I thought Frederick Anderson was strong. So you know he he did what he needed to do to give them a chance anyway. So well, except for Game Five. Well, except for that that one, but it's you know, still can't blame the loss or the series on Frederick Anderson. So. No,
0: I'm not gonna blame the loss or the series on Frederick Anderson, but I am going to uh, throw my throw my name into the bin with all the other people that say that he can't get the job done when it matters because he can't. Sure it doesn't look that way based it's on time, his record. It's time to admit that. Yeah. I was and I defended that argument <clears throat> excuse me. I defended that argument with a lot of people for actually quite a few years like i'm in a chat i'm in a chat group with a bunch of guys that i i don't even know actually uh but i know i talk to them more than anybody i talk to them every day and it's it's weird how chat groups work like that eh they're are they your friends or not talk to them every day for 12 hours a goddamn day um you know always about hockey about leafs and the one guy had been saying Listen, man. Freddie can't get the job done when it matters most, and I had yeah, I had all the arguments against him, and I defended Freddie, and I'm I'm done. Mm-hmm. He can't get the job done. Yeah, when it matters. but there
1: was no job for him to do because they didn't score. So. I, yeah, but you can't. You know what I mean? You what, can, what could he say? I guess he could have saved all of them and not given up any goals. Well, the other
0: guy did. But, the other guy seems to always save all of them, and Freddie not only <laughs> yeah, listen to me, though, man. Let me. I, I'm not being an idiot. Like just no, no, up. I know, but that, I'm just
1: I'm just playing the, the defense role here because. As you should. I like i. I don't like the phrase "didn't get the job done." It's not as if the Leafs were up two nothing; they lost three two on three saveable shots. That would be a place where you say he "didn't get the job done."
0: And I agree with you, but what I'm saying is he cannot get the job done when the when it matters the most. I do believe now that there is some sort of issue with big moments. And when the game was getting near the end and everyone's thinking about a comeback and well, let's just pull Freddie soon. And we'll, Mm. we're only down by one. So we don't have to do what we did in game four. And then all of a sudden foodie shoots one from the fucking goal line and it it goes in.
1: So what's interesting to me, what's interesting to me. And and it was fun. It was interesting to watch uh, Anderson's body language both before and after the goal. And it's, It's interesting also that it doesn't come up very much when people are talking about that bad goal. Why anyone isn't talking about the worst line change I've ever seen in NHL history? Bro,
0: no one's talking about the worst line change ever in NHL history because he scored from the goal line, okay? If he scored right. on, if he scored on a breakaway... But does he
1: score from the goal line if the four guys don't no. go off the ice?
0: No, he doesn't. But we can't change that fact, bro. So
1: you're isolating... But that's why my point is people are isolating Frederick Anderson over something that shouldn't have
0: happened. No, no. In this one specific instance, you are correct. Right. But, but in the 0 for 8 existence of his Career, you right. are wrong. He well, cannot I didn't see- let that in. He cannot let that in. Of End course of he can't.
1: I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying like isolating that incident doesn't make sense and and extending that to oh. him not being able to get a job done. Well,
0: don't you know relate to it. Mean? He the gave two. them
1: a chance to win, did he
0: not? Yes he did. And that's his job. Yeah, but you can't relate those two things, bro, because I'm not saying that Freddie sucks or that he can't get the no, job does done. No, but to sit there because he can't
1: win a big game.
0: No, that's not what you I'm know saying. What I mean? He can't. I never said that. I said he can't get the job done when the game is on the line, which is true. Because when the game is on the line, he is absolutely guaranteed letting in a softie. Absolutely guaranteed letting in a softie. Does he make a bunch of crazy-ass unbelievable saves? Yes, he does. Does he deserve credit for all those? Absolutely. But why can't you stop the easy one? What is the problem with the easy one? Why does the easy one go in, Let's go. I'm not blaming the series on him or the loss. I'm not, and I I don't mean to.
1: But back to my question, why isn't anyone talking about that line change? Why why didn't somebody directly ask about that line change in the fucking press conference? Because it was fucking embarrassing.
0: Yeah, it was embarrassing.
1: It was embarrassing.
0: Yeah, it was probably... Actually,
1: you know what? Probably the worst one I've seen since they did something similar this year. But oh, it was re- not as egregious. I do remember that. Everyone it was not as yeah. egregious as yeah. that. And that was that was gross. And it was like, really, this is how it's going to go down? Uh, soft one on Freddie. Coupled with that, was, Listen, that stung. That stung to watch.
0: Let me tell you. Here's here's how I'll break it down for you personally. The line change is worse than the goal. Right? Would you agree? The line change oh, for is, sure. wor- is a worse hockey play than letting the it goal happens in. happens less frequently. Well, because some like sometimes shitty goals go in, right? That's the nature of the game. Sometimes yeah. it goes off your arm or off someone's yeah, yeah. face and in. You can't help it. But in this instance, you know the line change was worse than the goal. But that one goal specifically was my straw into the camel's back. Right, in As terms far, of your in, faith in, in, in yeah, Anderson to yeah, get it done. Yeah, in game yeah. five and game seven. Okay. In terms of my ability to not pucker up my butthole every single time they enter the zone, when it's you know when it's nerve rack white knuckle bite your fingernails off time i don't want the puck anywhere near the net and yeah. it shouldn't be that way yeah i shouldn't be
1: as worried and, and and i lost a bit of that confidence i think after the what was it the atkinson goal in the first game that it was like geez like normally you can count on him for those kind of things yeah right? sure and so but and and
0: I, and I definitely i you know there's got to be some some listeners here that are like super big freddie fans and, and man listen guy and guys and gals whoever it is i I was with you, and I still am. I like Fred. I think he's a great goaltender. But we're we're well past the point of being like, well, he played sixty-seven games or whatever it was. You know, we're well past that point because everyone was rested. Yeah, that's right. And there really wasn't much rust in terms of you know players not being able to get their shots off or or, or goalies letting fucking goals in all over the place. Like, I'm actually quite impressed. We haven't spoke since really the we haven't spoke since the return to play even yeah, started. It was
1: game three, so
0: you know. So it's it's interesting to me that um you know no one seems to really be giving the players credit for how great mm. these games have actually been. Let's let's talk about that too. Like let's not yeah. just zone in on all this leaf stuff. I know but we're upset. But going, but going I
1: want to go back to the talking. question that I asked that, that you really didn't get a chance to answer but was it was that does Keefe deserve some heat as well? Oh right. I saw like based that in, on the uh on the uh, the, the lineup choices essentially and his, his inability to dat, adapt in that game. Because uh, I even saw some people throw out the word outcoached, which kind of reminded me of last year because I didn't really feel that way. But I think there is a bit of an argument to be made given the line combinations that went out and how miserably those those bottom lines failed in that game.
0: I think outcoached is, is technically correct. But I also, I do feel that it's, slightly unfair.
1: Like we do give the guy credit for getting creative and trying something, and that's pretty much the opposite of what Mike we Babcock ever really did. <laughs> and we lost anyways. And and we've praised Keith throughout the season for trying new things and, and having a, a willingness to to uh you know throw those options out there and taking advantage of the plethora of talent on the team.
0: But think about it, Lesko, what if what if Taveras knocks that one in?
1: You were the one where you hit the post? Yeah, what if
0: he knocks it in? I know I know, I know. we don't I know we don't like to play I that game. Okay? It, but it but it was very wide it, open net and Oh, it could yeah, like, it could have been in. Exactly. It's, like, not, it it's, been, just, it's not like a breakaway. I'm not saying I know. What if he scores on and, the breakaway. And and
1: that goes back to what Keith pointed out, and fairly so. Two you know, percent I think he was protecting the boys a little bit there and that he didn't. He, he probably could have railroaded them for a couple of things if he wanted to. And he had at previous times in the year talking about lack of maturity and things of, of that nature.
0: Yeah, he'll but, stick up for his boys when it's necessary. But I think, here and he I think it he kind of said,
1: you know, hey, we're shooting we're shooting 2%. You know, it's it's we, unlucky. He talked a lot about that. Fans don't want to hear it, no. but it shelters the boys.
0: I, yeah, you can call it shelter the boys, and I'll agree with you, but it's also just a straight fucking fact.
1: It is like and, it's a straight and, fact and right back right in your to face. My, it goes back to my argument about uh, generating more opportunities on net because if your sh- percentage is low and kind of sh- you know tells the tale of the shot quality that you're getting, you can want to increase your overall volume so those percentages in- hopefully increase the results.
0: I guess, but if they're not high percentage, then your percent your shooting percentage is going to even go down if you keep shooting perimeter and he makes a bunch more saves. What's the difference if you score? One goal on forty shots yeah. or one goal on twenty.
1: It's not to say that they should only luck. they should only be taking them from the outsides. It's just that I, I I feel like they weren't taking what they could get most often.
0: But CBJ does such a great job of clogging up the middle, which right. is where we need to be. That's where the right. Leafs live,
1: and that's uh, what I was saying. That's where they live, and and hopefully, you know, part of what they learn and what they work on next year is breaking those types of systems because this is. And a lot of pundits called it, and journalists talked about this going into the series. This was one of the worst matchups the Leafs could hope for. I was just about to say that. I
0: was just about to say, you know who else lives up the middle? Tampa Bay. And look at what we're watching. They're going into triple overtime right now. Yeah, there you go. They're I about mean, to go into triple overtime. Tied at twos, mind you. And how frustrating but I, I don't is know Tampa you, right now? I don't know if you saw the opening goal no. for the Lightning. It was garbage. And uh, Nick Alberga, guest, uh, former guest and current friend of the Pucks and D podcast, host of the Leafs Nation on the Fan 590, Nick Alberga tweeted out uh, a funny gif of, uh, what is it, let's go, the Blink-182 video, first date. The first date video from Blink-182 when Mark Hoppus is going, what the fuck? Like, what a reference. He goes, what the, well, that's what it's from, right? That's what the gif is from. It's a famous one of a guy saying, what the fuck? And that's what it's from. It's from that video of uh, Blink-182's first date. And he's like, leave fans right now after watching that goal that Corpusalo just gave up. <laughs> and it literally was what I said out loud. I was watching the game and I went, what the fuck? He just lets one in. He just He just lets one in. Yeah, and and that's
1: goes back to what I was saying about getting shots because you don't fucking know. That's playoff hockey. Yeah, man. true enough. Yeah, You're like, right. There are way less. Right. There are way more garbage goals than there are night night, pretty ones you know (laughs) leading the top 10 on tsn tomorrow goals
0: i know but dude the other thing too is like aj with the chance in front and corpus gets a fucking elbow pad on it somehow like what the fuck game
1: game inches right i guess he if you want to isolate plays you can't but now Now we're just torturing ourselves that's uh, what we're doing but it's
0: not a torture it's just it's kind of it for me for me it, it helps me it's an affirmation for me that i'm not like ready to blow this thing up or make significant changes what was that thing you put in the prep about chris johnson his his article says seismic changes are required
1: like get fucked well and i think that's there's a bit of a no. an argument to be made for that right now in that we're going to see a lot of change given the fact that cc and barry are gone for certain yeah but we knew that already and thank god
0: and, Ray, we knew that already. It's not like just because of this Game 5, No, you not, have, not you have because to write an article it's, about seismic change. No,
1: no, it's based on an assessment of the entire year. Okay. It's based on the entire year that clearly this group that they thought might be knocking on that door of Boston-Tampa elite in the Eastern Conference. Isn't. We're talking about someone who's mediocre at best and is middling now with 80% of the NHL.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: That's 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 pretty much where we're at. I think in terms of an honest assessment of where this team is. I don't now, think I'm I,
0: ready to meet you there yet until I see a full season. Right of of the Dubis vision, which is this upcoming season. Yeah, but Sorry.
1: I mean, it's his team. I mean, it was his team last year too. It's not I really just, aside from Babcock, really. Yeah, but it
0: it it is, but it's not. Yeah. Uh, right, I mean, he had a lot of work to do. He had to get rid of the Marlowe deal, and well, we, I mean, we, he
1: had to deal with two of the worst contracts that Lamorello signed, and that yes. was Marlowe and Zaitsev.
0: Yes, exactly. Okay,
1: and for all you people out there, you know, yelling, screaming about bring back Lamorello and, and fucking everyone who we fired, which just makes even more sense. No, but you gotta Lou, figure trolling it. No, no, point.
0: but Lou Lou had good stuff too. I'm not sitting here bashing Lou. I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to stick up for Dubis a bit. Because I don't think that it's necessary at all for him to be getting shit on, and he's getting shit on massively.
1: Yeah, I that, still believe what people do. I though.
0: still believe with what he's doing.
1: Yeah, oh for sure. And I think I think that's what I I might have dithered with a little bit, but at the end of the day, and I've said this a lot of times, that I'm pretty confident in this management group and what they can do and their ability to manage this team. But what I've heard a lot about in the last couple of days is is his vision of what he wants or what he believes can win can actually win. Can it win? Can it win. So, and obviously there's a lot to be done here. And, you know, as much as they got to say they believe in their guys, you got to think that this defense experiment, we'll call it this season, didn't work, right? I mean, we can all admit now that Dubas had his first major miss as a GM in the Tyson Berry trade.
0: Oh, absolutely! Huge loss. Uh, it's basically Kerfoot for Kadri now, which ain't good. Um, no, which ain't good at all. But at the same time, Lesko, it it does it does need to be noted that Kadri Kadri ousted himself from here
1: in a sort. We did okay. We did agree that that was probably a strong factor in making him available. I don't know if it sounds like they were shopping him because there was more than one deal out there for him.
0: I like. Kadri, I liked Kadri while he was here. I, I, I like him as a as a hockey player. I like his intensity, but he he was ousted here with right. what he did. Right, and that's just it. Okay, good player, great player, whatever. Um, at the time, the deal was great. I was on the ball field. I think we were having ball practice, and um, you know the news broke. And me and several other League fans were very excited about it. Oh, I was
1: pumped about it too. Very like excited. I thought it was a good deal at the time, but as the year wore on, we're like, I don't know if this guy's coming around. And I mean, if I'm a team out there in free agency, he's not getting seven, eight million wherever he thought he was getting before.
0: He fucked himself. And I remember one of the major reasons saying that I had an argument with a guy that told me Barry is is just going to be another Gardener. Which even though Barry, I wish no, but even though Barry didn't play like very great for us. He didn't make glaring errors like Gardner did in big moments. Well in that game but he never really th- that got that game
1: a, he got hurt. He got walked several times. Like he didn't look he looked hurt before he left the ice
0: in that yeah, hockey game. He I,
1: got walked probably three times before I think I'm he talking down. I think
0: what are I'm you talking, talking about
1: during the season.
0: No, no, I'm talking about more so like puck possession. Like when the puck is on his stick, I'm okay with it that only that only though you're right that but that's all I said right like when the puck is on his stick I'm okay with it right um but you know at the end of the day I remember saying that to or what was I saying oh uh the buddy was saying it's not going to be a good idea he's Jake Gardner 2.0 and I said no no I'm okay with how he plays I know he's offensive he's not defensive but I said the major factor for me here is that it's a contract year for him I thought the fact that he was coming to Toronto here's your with an age o- here's your wheelbarrow. He could put all your himself, points, in. yeah,
1: or he could earn himself like a nine million dollars yes, deal or something. That's like what that. I mean.
0: But that that's okay. And I remember saying because my buddy said to me, "Well, then you're not going to be able to for- afford him," and I and I said, "I won't care if we have a goddamn ring." Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying, oh, we got Barry, we're going to win the cup. I'm just saying, if that turns out to be a great deal for us and he gets a $10 million offer, you know why he's getting a $10 million offer, Lesko? Because he lit it up. Because he lit it up and we probably won the cup because we were unread. No, no, but if he's getting a massive deal like that, it's because of the impact he made. So. You know, I thought it was going to be a win win. Either maybe he plays like okay and, and we can retain him somehow, some way, probably not. Or he plays unbelievable and we're great. Now we don't and even want him back. Him. Now we don't even want him back.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. We're reminiscing Nobody about Kadri and Gardner uh, a little bit here, just come up in conversation. Uh, I don't know. I wanted to ask if you saw that photo of Nazem Kadri scoring that goal with 0.2 seconds left on the clock. Yes. From the inside the net camera. And it's just capturing the moment where the puck just is going over the line, and it's it's in the air a little bit, and it's Cadre's in the crease when he banged that in, with that kind of look of wonder in his eyes. Yeah, it's an incredible photo, and actually, there's a there's an article, a whole article about that photo, I guess, in uh, in the Athletic that I have not yet to read. It's on the list.
0: That review took a long time. Yeah, yeah, it did. like a really, really, I mean, point long time. two,
1: like. How many years ago do you have to go back where they don't even get that?
0: Oh, for sure. Because it's
1: probably pre-HD, you might not get that.
0: Yeah, true. I remember the broadcaster was like, look it. He's like, the problem with this right now is that it's a still frame. And I can tell you folks with 100% certainty that the puck is not eight inches long. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like. It's all like stretched out. Yeah, it looked really stretched out. But when he said that, I kind of thought, you know what? He's right. If if it's if it's that close to being all the way across the line but the puck is 8 inches long real time it's already across fair, fair. like as far as physics and math and science are concerned yeah. it already crossed
1: yeah, but obviously for the rules of having to see the white ice on the other side. They that's, can't. Right? Yeah. That's the whole thing. So. But it was an
0: interesting point that he made because I was like, oh, yeah, when you think about how fast the puck, you know, because he snapped it in there. Like, obviously, it went across the line. It was – I thought it was good right from the get-go, and it, it ended up being good. So it was a fun thing to, uh, to watch them review that. And it was a – you know what? I remember saying to my buddy Lesko, I was like, hockey is definitely back. Because here we are sitting here over a fucking huge ass review. And it was a round robin game, too. So it's not like it was, you know, a, 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 to win game one or something like that. That
1: would have been even more interesting had it been a, in a playoff game. So much more pressure on the officials to get that right. Uh, I did want to cycle back through uh, a little bit more Maple Leafs questions we can hammer out before we move on here. Great. Um, I, I got to ask you straight up just why you think they lost. I know I took kind of talked about what I thought about their inability to adapt. And obviously a, not, a lot of guys not showing up or were, was an obvious one, but was there anything else for you that you wanted to add?
0: Well, I don't want to put a blanket over it as an answer, but I I'm looking at, I'm looking at the same reason why Tampa lost to them last year. It's, it's a matchup that you, that you lose. It's a matchup mm-hmm. that you can't beat. It's a matchup that you can't really, you know, it's easy. It's like you. the
1: antithesis of what these teams are. It's the
0: kryptonite mm-hmm. because you look at it and you say, well, I'm not saying you specifically, but you know, people will look at it and say, well, they didn't adapt or, or they need to change or they need to have a plan B or something like that. The problem with the way the Columbus Blue Jackets stifle you is that you don't really have a plan B because plan B is what chip and chase. Right, And that's what they do anyway. So they're like, bring it on. And they have two stud D-men back there to mm-hmm. receive your chips and your chasing mm-hmm. and just send you back on your merry way. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but perhaps the only reason that we even came back in one game four is because we didn't have Zach Rowenski on the ice for the last nine and a half minutes. Right, And we scored three goals in the last four and then won it in overtime. Yeah. So if Zach Rowenski is there, do we come back and win that game? Are we this disappointed in the game five loss? Do we have that euphoria that means nothing now because we didn't move on? I don't know, you know, but the point point remains they play you the way you don't want to be played. And that only really goes for a couple of teams, the high-flying, skilled, fast teams, okay, the Tampas and the Torontos of the world. And they swept Tampa last year and took us down this year. And I'm not saying that we're as good as Tampa or anything like that. But let's go. We all know. You look at the stats. We match up great against they're, Tampa they're too. Comparable, we uh, match up in great the way against that Tampa. they're
1: built and the way they play the game. And so the reason it's, it's why accurate.
0: we the reason why we we match up well against Tampa is because we play the same style. So we we whether we go into their building or they come into ours, we're we're playing the same game. Let's go. I'll play you right now and we might win and you might win. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden you bring Columbus into town and and you're like, "Oh shit, we have to play this different game no let's stick to our game and the goals will come and and i think that that was the right philosophy to to take let's stick to our game plan and the goals will come well and And try not to get shook right unfortunately they just didn't come
1: and you do and like i think guys do get shook overall and and when you're getting shut down you're getting frustrated and you think you should be scoring you're not gripping the stick but that's something that has been overlooked and it, it's real easy and i think shitty in a lot of cases for people like yeah well this fucking guy and that fucking guy it's his fault and those fault and we gotta trade him and that yeah. and fire this guy like those are just easy knee jerks we talk about a lot that are just kind of annoying but what a, what's really overlooked is a, not a lot of people right there giving Columbus the credit they deserve for having a plan and executing, and executing that perfectly plan perfectly because the Maple Leafs had a plan they didn't execute it they didn't win the series that's really what it boiled down to at the end of the day I mean did the Leafs have chances to execute did they you know did they outplay Columbus in that last game for the most part yes
0: well one line did
1: right. That yeah, was my problem. I guess, I guess that's the problem. Yeah, is what it boils down to is that line is really the difference between outplaying them and not. Well,
0: here's what I said lots today and <clears throat> excuse me and yesterday as well. I said here's here's the game in two sentences. The top line for the Leafs dominated the Columbus Blue Jackets. Sentence number two the Columbus Blue Jackets dominated the three remaining lines. And that was the game. Mm-hmm. We had no offense from our bottom three lines. The only time that someone else that wasn't on the nuclear line got a shot was Nylander had that nice um, glove, glove hand uh, shot that Corpus Sala made look like he was picking blueberries out at the ranch. <laughs> like no problem whatsoever. And both Lee and I were watching the game together. And we're like, come on! Like, how does he make that look so easy? Yeah. You know? But anyway, the point is we had one line that was so good So good. Had so many great chances. And I felt like they could have popped one at any fucking minute. But as the game went on, I kept saying... We're running out of time, you know. Yeah. How are we running out of time with half the game left? Well, because we haven't scored yet, and yeah. every time you just those went guys, half
1: the game without scoring. Yeah. What makes you think you're gonna score in the second half? And,
0: and other and and all those other three lines, whenever they went on the ice, I just held my fucking head in my hands and prayed to God that everything was fu- gonna be fine mm-hmm. until the other guys were rested enough to come back out. I was basically playing. NHL on fucking Xbox and loading up one line and then just using my other lines to make sure that I didn't get scored. Yeah. and
1: Just turning off fatigue factor. (laughs) So you just run them out all (laughs) the time.
0: You know, so that was, that was again, it brings us back to our quick little Keefe talk we had earlier there. I would have liked to have seen somewhat of an adjustment in that sense. I don't know about, you know, adjusting the actual style of play or the strategy or well, something like that. Well, it's harder to do. It's way that's harder to do, when that's yeah. all you've
1: been taught is, is to play a certain way. Right. Uh, it does expose the depth of the Maple Leafs a little bit. Uh, You know, like I, as I mentioned, and as Keith mentioned, we didn't, he said straight up, we didn't have, we had guys that did not perform to their abilities out there and it hurt them. Uh, I guess the most negative question on my, my, my uh, palette here is (laughs) who was the most disappointing player for you of the series?
0: Oh, you know, honestly, it's really unfortunate to have to say this, dude. But there's a laundry list, isn't there?
1: There's a. Do you have lots to choose from?
0: There's a laundry list there, and and I don't want to be mean about this, but I'm gonna do it anyways. I'm not gonna go with you know the low hanging fruit, and the Marner or something like that. Um, Mikheyev, I I, the the reason why is because you said the most disappointing. You didn't say the worst. Or something like that. That was me softening it up. Too. You said, "What was the most? You know, who is the most disappointing player to you?" And to me personally, I think it's Mikhaev because basically the hype around this guy was insane. It really got my hopes up. All the reporters were saying Leafs look great, they look smooth, everyone's skating fast, passes Mikheyev are crisp, great. and McKeef is the MVP. Yeah. Of training camp. And I remember even the guys on Overdrive were laughing about that. They were like, yeah. fucking, we got, we know we're starved for hockey when we're handing out MVPs of training <laughs> camp. But the, the reason being is they weren't talking about a, a player that we would expect to be in beast mode. They were and, talking and, about Mikheyev coming back from injury and looking fucking great. And we all knew Lesko. And we, we were excited to have him
1: back. Like, he was great when he wrong. was healthy, right? Yeah, he was, yeah. We are excited to have him back and thought, what a great little addition to have Going into a playoff series,
0: yeah, and 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 for me, completely invisible. I don't even really remember a time when he kind no. of like and he had spent. The fucking he's probably
1: spent more time in the top six than he should have. Uh, it seemed that they had difficulty rounding out that second line at times when Mikheyev did come out of there. I I believe we saw Cap up there for a yeah. little bit and uh, kind of a rotating cast. Spatsa fly out there a few times. Oh, I do man. have to Spezza's great. I, we do have to talk about Spatsa just because. And I'm a firm believer in this. I don't know if they win that hockey game if he doesn't fight. Yeah, I mean, I was. It didn't change everything right away, but it just showed that he was like, come on, you little fucking punks. Yeah. Like, I'm 37 years old. I fought 10 times in my career. I (laughs) have fought in two years. (laughs) You could tell. And I'm going to get in a real fight. And it was actually a decent (laughs) tilt. He got him.
0: Like, I would. He got It wasn't one of those
1: little wrestling matches. Yeah, he, he. Gave and took
0: he gave and took some yeah. good punches in that fight. That was a good fight, man. I. I, I, I it took me off my seat. Like I, I got in the air and I was like, oh, yeah that's his fighting. Oh you know? yeah. And I remember saying to my one buddy, I was like, Man, I can't believe I fucking spent so much time hating this guy. <laughs> like I spent, I spent so much time hating this guy. He's getting 106 points against the Leafs, and 59 of them, you know, 59. 50, sorry, of them yeah, 106 points in the season, and 59 of them are against the Leafs, yeah. you know. But uh, he was a Leaf killer because he was great, and obviously those, you know, those years are are well in the review mirror uh, for a guy like Jason Spezza. But you know what's not in the review mirror? his dedication to the game, man. Like, I think he's got a long career in this game. Not not on the ice necessarily, but he's got a right. long career in this game. And it's not in the broadcast booth with his, <laughs> you know, uh, not, you get that laugh out of here, spends on the broadcast booth. But it's going to be with the players. I think it's going to be it's player, gonna be, uh, player uh, development.
1: Some kind of coaching-related position. Yeah. It seems like... Face-offs, and like it seems with centermen. It seems that the guys really love him, and and I'm happy to see him make that kind of contribution and show a lot of leadership that veteran leadership that 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 team doesn't really have. Um, Obviously losing Muzzin in in that same breath about veteran leadership, talk about a guy who's been there, knows what it takes to win and losing a guy like that to them is massive.
0: Oh, it was massive. Now
1: taking it to the back end, we haven't spent too much time in the defense here, but one thing that we've has become apparent when with Muzzin being down at the end of the season. And then once again, uh, here in the playoffs is that, with Jake Muzzin, Justin Hull is a second pair defense in fringe. But without Jake Muzzin, Justin Hull is a third pair and nothing more, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, that's, that's correct.
1: Like he was not great he's after an, Muzzin went down.
0: He's an AHL defenseman. That's what I'll say.
1: Well, he's got a one-way NHL deal. So. I know, but that doesn't
0: mean <laughs> that he's good enough to play in the NHL. Well, it means he is in the NHL. I know. I,
1: I thought he was a revelation for them, but damn, you take him away from a strong partner and he gets lost.
0: Yeah, but I don't, I don't mean to throw like a, an algebra question at you here and, and make you have to think about it, but how many teams, if he's on their active roster, how many NHL teams have him in the starting six? I don't know. Probably, probably not a lot. I, I bet, I bet, pro- maybe, uh, maybe like a third of the league would have him in there mm. as it's, a bottom it's hard as, to as be a bottom nice pair. to the Maple
1: Leafs defense right now because they really got exposed for being brutal. Did they play? Okay, <laughs> the, did the team play okay defensively? They played okay defensively, but really at the end of the day, it really showed you that against a team with such a poor offense, the number of times the turnovers, the the you know muffins out of your own end, the icing, the getting caught. You know the yeah. icing's like there's. It's fortunate that we have some force turnover and getting CC and Barry out. But I mean, I thought Durman had some good games. But is he going to be ready for a top four next year? Because he had That's an interesting role question. with Muzzin down and and then Barry. He looked okay at times, but he also looked you know over overexposed at times as well
0: what I've been saying about Dermot this whole time, since he's been within the organization is that he is Jake Gardner 2.0. And by 2.0, I really, really hope that that means the new and improved version. Not Not, the one that cracks under pressure. Yeah. Not the same one that, you know, you can't really rely on. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. This is the 2.0 version. It's going to be much better. It's, it's still not the best thing in the world, but it's definitely better than, than our, than our alpha version, you know, or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, He's very mobile, he's very active, he has good hands, but he just doesn't seem to have a whole lot going on between the ears. it seems.
1: It, what I really like about him is his gap control, and he prevents zone entries very well. But again, when it comes to moving the puck, which was seen to be a strength when he was coming into the league, it seemed to deteriorate it somewhat. And I, it's just a little bit frustrating to watch. So really hoping that he can... You know, maybe have a bounce back year next year because it sounds like he's going to have to play a decent role for that team. And the difficulty is, and, and we'll kind of tackle this a little more in that there's been so much talk about what needs to happen with this defense. We got to do this, do that. It's pretty hard to bring in guys when you, you know, say, if you're not willing to move any of the big four, which doesn't seem to be likely at this point. Even still, no matter how many people want to, you know trade the wingers at this point. Like I, it's hard to do because really, I I imagine a Leafs defense next year that where Lilligren and Sandin are pretty much walk-ons and the Lettinen guy they signed out of the Finnish league.
0: Well, I think Sandin looked like he definitely has NHL uh, talent, NHL abilities. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say that he should be in the league right now, um, but you know another. But few- without
1: the cap space, I mean, have they got a little bit. Of room, so they're going to bring in someone, I imagine. Yeah. But other than that, it's going to have to be round out with young guys coming up from within. Yeah. Almost I, ready or not no, type situation. And, and
0: I was just going to clarify, when I say not ready or ready or not, I don't mean like for the Leafs. I just mean generally speaking. Like the general like talent. Like not your
1: not your full development curve you would yeah, ideally like a defense, But we kind of have
0: it. to bring him in now because we have to.
1: That might be a situation. And, and, and given the cap constraints that the Maple Leafs are facing, it, it, it seems like a very likely thing to happen, barring – a, a huge trade so let's sum up the leaf talk here with one of the hottest topics i did kind of graze upon it a little bit earlier but do you trade one of the big four at this point or do you see that that happening no no, no. i don't i don't think so either like this won't be a this it's won't not even a a, it's one.
0: a non-discussion like right. i don't understand now,
1: now making it worse though why
0: would you let though? Me stick
1: let me stick a quarter in you who do you trade though if you have to, or like, if you decide that that's the only way you're getting the piece that you need, say on the back end, who you trade?
0: I, I don't even want to answer it. It's isn't like,
1: it. Isn't it worse? But that's that's what they do, right? That's how they they pull you in. Well, I pull mean, like, discussion.
0: if you put a gun to my head, the the you really ob- don't want
1: to trade these guys. The right?
0: obvious, but no, I don't, I yeah. don't, I don't. I think this is the obvious stupid answer. Like, discussion.
1: Yeah. So, so we're not trading you, one of them. I don't think they're. I don't think they're trading any of them either. Obviously, happening. if they do, it would be one of the two wingers. But we in, have them locked Marner up. In Marner and Nylander. oh, you do absolutely. But obviously, if you were going to trade them, trade any of them, it would be one of those two now.
0: But it's the, still it's still my too early to do it. Let them have yeah. another year and maybe get maybe get a bunch of goals. Maybe Nylander tops thirty five goals, and now you can move them and get even more return. Well, Why I, would you move them now when you you can use them he's, next he's, year? Oh,
1: absolutely. He's got he's got excellent value, and I don't mean he him. Scored thirty one goals this year, and not a full season. I don't so. mean
0: him specifically. I don't mean to say that that would be my answer. I think Nylander, I my think answer Nylander's would have been the, Mitch. He's the easy answer. My, no, my answer would be Mitch because you're getting you need more money. Why are you trading Nylander? His deal's fine. I know
1: that's what I mean. His Mitch's deal, deal is deal's not great. Fine. Just Mitch's deal's hard to trade. Yeah, I so know. So you end up taking the hit on the return, but but so, you,
0: but you, but what's a hit though? If you clear that cap space and you get a decent return back, now you can go get a, an FA, yeah, like someone who's available. Cheap returns, I guess, if a you're D-man. really trying to
1: recover uh, recover space. I feel bad. I was I doing really that. I, I, I I don't re- want to answer that. I re- I we probably haven't seen the, the the peak of Marner yet. But I was very disappointed in him in that playoff series, as is not laying off the hook. William Nylander was one of their – I'm going to answer my own question from earlier. He was the most disappointing player for me because he was a phantom and, once again, a phantom in another big elimination game. Yeah. I'm uh, a big Nylander defender, and I I hate how much slag he gets, and I think it's just because he's on fourth on the totem pole when it comes to the big four. And also the whole
0: media circus that was his negotiation.
1: Exactly, and – I like. I'm a huge defender, and I'm I'm a fan of what he brings out there. But man, could you? It, it's so frustrating to watch because you know what he's capable of. We saw him play, you know, good hockey, like uh, causing turnovers and playing yes. hard in the other team's end. He's and a it, that flyby. That just wasn't there.
0: To, he's a flyby. He
1: wasn't there. It, it's. You can tell who was engaged and who wasn't, and maybe who fucked the dog a little bit during quarantine.
0: Maybe. I, I mean that that's that's an interesting statement it's kind of unfair you can't assume you know what i mean like maybe he was working his ass off maybe he worked out maybe he worked his ass off too fucking hard to get ready and was all tired i'm i'm not i'm just playing devil's advocate <laughs> yeah that's a tough that's a tough thing to to say yeah so
1: you figure they're all back i figure they're all back too that's an easy one They're all back. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to do for one, and I just believe that Dubis believes in these guys. He wouldn't have signed them within the last year and two years if he didn't.
0: Listen, I will hit you with a big bomb right now. The reason why they are guaranteed all back is because they are currently at their absolute lowest ROI. The return Not necessarily, on it, you the return scored 30 goals. The return, no, following the following the COVID and the thing, like recency bias is huge, man. Yeah, that's we true. can't trade these guys now. They're at the all time low in terms of return on investment. So we start the season with them next year, and whenever the fucking trade deadline is, I guess it'll be in like May, <laughs> April, <laughs> April, May. Yeah, I guess it'll be in like April. It'll be in April or May. So come April of, of next year. Uh, after such and such amount of games and the trade deadline is happening and one of those guys is killing it and we can move them and get an unbelievable return, then that's what you do. You don't do that shit right now. Even if you're thinking that we're going to pull a trigger on that deal, you start nibbling on trades and you Mm -hmm. you start sending out feelers to other teams and then hope and pray to God that that player kills it. And maybe you don't end up making the trade anyways because he's killing it. But if you do, now his return on investment is huge.
1: Right, right. And that that that's probably the more sound decision, and obviously the one that you know the management team in uh, MLSC is more likely to make. Uh, I guess to, to kind of should we wrap up Leafs here? Like I know we've kind of hammered them to death. I don't know if there's anything we missed here an at hour. this point. An hour of Leafs, pretty much.
0: Did we bitch about Freddie yet? Yeah,
1: we did. We got into it pretty good about Freddie. Right. Uh so my my immediate reaction though I, I I will say in terms of like okay if they're going to make changes and it could be possible, we don't actually know.
0: Well, there's going to be changes. It's about identifying I'm talking them about as trades though like major. really at the
1: end of the day, oh, I thought trades. JT okay. and Matthews can stay and the rest of them I don't know. Riley, I guess I'd extend that too. Yeah. But the rest of them I could Oh, you mean like as, I far as untouchables? Like Maybe. I could I could see them being I can see those guys being your untouchables, and everyone being open season.
0: Yeah, not everyone. No, I'm not. I'm not saying everyone anyone's gone. being <laughs>
1: shopped. Not, and even so, like I don't think, even if it came down to the big four, back to that, um, or even the two wingers, I don't ever see Dubas shopping those guys. No. But I see the right deal coming along, and him seriously consider it because you be may yeah. not to. That's his job.
0: Yeah, there's a and as uh, like you 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 pointed out, and a nice job by pointing that out. It's it's a, there's a difference between shopping the player and making a trade for the player. If yeah. you shop and trade the player, then you were the one that was doing it. If you just trade the player because a deal came up that you couldn't fucking refuse, then that's totally different. It's not like you spent all this time and effort trying to find a spot to shop this player. It just came across your lap.
1: Now, there was an interesting point that was made in one of the articles I read in The Athletic, and it pointed out that there was two quotes that were very interesting, at uh, different points in the season, one of them coming from Jake Muzzin, the other one from Austin Matthews. And they had referenced, there are guys here, you know, that, that basically fade in big games and that don't respond or don't, aren't showing up, Right. So what concerns me a little bit, and I I imagine this will be a a topic and probably always is a topic in exit interviews, is who is a problem in that room? Who is not, who are these guys that they're referring to about some guys? Keefe, some guys. Matthews, there are some guys. You know what I mean? Like who are these guys they're referring to? Because they might need to find a way to weed them out.
0: Well, just get Mitch to make a list. <laughs> hey, Mitch, come here.
1: That's what we do in the exit interviews. Could you rank? Could you please rank the guys who give the most shits down to the guys who give the least amount of shits?
0: Mitchell Marner to the coach's office, please. Mitchell Marner to the yeah. coach's we ha- office. Yeah, we please. have
1: a list project for you, Mitchy. We hear you have an experience in this.
0: Um, yeah, the, I don't know, dude. That's an interesting question. I mean, who do you think it is? I. Do
1: you think it's a such a weird talk? Do you think it's a big player? On. Like, do I, you think
0: it's a big player?
1: I think it could be Nylander, but I'm more inclined to think Kapanen is definitely one of them. I think so too. I don't he think just, that's what I was going to say. Cap's not there. I don't know if it's just because I follow him on social media and all he's doing is wheeling biddies. Oh, he's and a bird. having, oh, having he's, a yeah. time like. I never. He's not the guy I saw stick handling in his driveway or like. Pushing weights in the gym or doing box jumps or
0: scoring the golden goal. You know? I, maybe
1: like. it's just maybe it's just optics, but like I feel like that guy's give a shit level is not a good enough. And all we're, all we've heard about captain since really he got to the NHL is there's so much there, there's so much untapped potential. Where is there's it? this, there's that. We've seen flashes. But yet he could like this whole year probably I'd say was disappointing for him because what he he put up a twenty spot last year did he not?
0: Uh, I don't know. I have to dig up the stats. He
1: scored more goals than he did last year. I can almost yes. guarantee that.
0: Yes. But uh, for me, um, the, the the two comparables seem to be AJ Andreas Janssen, and uh, Kasperi Kappinen. So you know if you're talking about keeping one of those two, which which one are you leaning towards?
1: I'm I'm leaning towards Johnson just because I like the way he plays the game a little better. He's better at both ends of the ice. He seems more engaged. He has a better finish. What I, it's irresistible about Capitan is that unbelievable speed, his penalty kill ability, mm-hmm. right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't I don't disagree. Yeah. It's
1: funny because and we've heard this for quite some time now that Capitan carries a high, uh, much higher trade value because other teams say the same thing. They see a lot of untapped
0: potential there oh well that's that, that's exactly what I but say it, I, I say cap cap has a much larger return possibility than yeah. Jan, than Janssen does yeah. Janssen is I don't think he's even on a trade block as much as people want to speculate Janssen is a leaf product he's a leaf draft pick and he won with the Marlies under Sheldon right yeah. I know that
1: while being the one of the better players for the team, I
0: know that Kapanen also played for Sheldon for the Marlies as well for for at least better part of three seasons uh, before he made the jump up to the the Leafs. But he actually missed the the championship season. I was looking at his DB, mm-hmm. so the championship season Kapanen didn't play for them. He played for us. He played for the Leafs. Yeah. So he missed out on that. So you can't I'm not blaming him for that, but at the end of the day, he's still not a leaf product. He wasn't mm-hmm. drafted and groomed by us. So letting him go, Lesko, I think even though, like when we actually got him, that was a really bright spot. It was the biggest piece
1: in the castle deal. It was deal. the
0: biggest piece of the Kessel deal. That's right. And it was a bright spot for us. But now I think it's okay to move on. I don't think you're moving on from a gold mine or anything. And let's say we make a move on him and he goes on to another team and is amazing. I I still don't know if you can call that a a botched deal by the GM that traded him. It might be more so the whole change of of scenery thing or maybe a wake-up call. I just Mm -hmm. got traded from the Leafs. I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Mm -hmm. It was the greatest thing ever. It was so great. I was a fucking hero and I was banging bitches every day. (laughs) And now I'm playing in wherever, fucking somewhere. Yeah,
1: send them to Phoenix.
0: Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, now I'm playing here, and I don't like it as much, and I want to be better. Now I'm a career-driven guy because of the Toronto trade.
1: But I think the part about, you know, if there's issues in the room or there's issues mentally, maturity with these guys, obviously there is if the coach is mentioning that word. It just... You know, I hate, I hate to say it, and, and it kind of irked me when Riley said it after they lost about learning experiences. You know, I feel like this team has like, done enough learning over the years. I hear it. Like, exactly. that's And you don't as a fan. You're like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear about that. But there is, some, there is some credence to it in that this team does need to grow and learn. Obviously, it's very clear that they need to grow and learn. They have clearly not done enough of that over the last few years, or they'd be in a much better place today than
0: they are. Yeah, but, dude, I mean, look at the teams that, you know, went through some abysmal seasons and then turned it around and then won. Some of them won immediately. Yes, I get that. But, I mean, look at the Caps, okay? Like— People were saying that it was over for Ovechkin and for Baxter. Yeah, eight years ago. Eight years ago. I mean, like, and now I'm not saying that this is the recipe for success or that I'm anticipating a stupid long, you know, another seven or eight years before we finally get over the hump and Matthews has multiple Rocket Richard trophies, <laughs> but but can't win the cup. That's not what I'm saying. They they contended for many years before they finally you know got over the got over the mountain, so to speak. So it's not super comparable because they won playoff series uh, but at the same time they went through adversity and they went through being questioned and you know they went through is this guy gonna get traded or who can the team bring in to finally have some success and you know they turned into a team that was um, a desirable place for free agents to want to go sign the Leafs are now there Mm -hmm. Uh, it is a desirable place for for, for players to want to come I feel like it's a desirable place for a defenseman to want to come because even though you know, the team is not known for being super great defensively at the same time. They're known for having a, a top notch organization and, you know, from top down from ownership down to the players and the, and the staff, it's a, it's a great thing to be a part of. And the team is good now. Uh, I know you said earlier, we're entering the territory we're, we're of just mediocre, being okay. Yeah. But they are a good team. let like they were, we're a hundred, we're a hundred point team. Um, uh, normally. Yeah. I mean, well, we have been, we have been, and we weren't this year because of a stupid start, which I will completely credit, 100 percent. it was
1: more than the start though we have to admit that we did get past that already yeah more but wh- than the start
0: how so though we were like what, what we were they what, took what were shits we?
1: all they took all kinds of shits like the record with keith was great don't get me wrong but there was evidence yeah of sprinkled in we saw the same shit throughout the whole season was yes my point s- sprinkled in this but, was like this stuff against columbus was not surprising because we saw the same shit yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not arguing. Not just in the start. I know, I'm not arguing that. there's and, though, but- and it goes back to growth. Like I said, these guys got to move past this stuff and find a way to work through it and find that resiliency, resiliency that they is required to win on a consistent basis, not just in regular season, but in the playoffs. Right. So, and I think it's one last thing here that Leaf fans out there, you got to remember, growth is not always linear.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, that's such a great point. I mean, it, you, you can't, and you can't even measure it either, Lesko. You can't, you can't be like, oh, well, they got six experience points. <laughs> well, hey, you know, you want to talk about measurements?
1: Everybody after the game, well, they're leading in expected goals and Corsi four and oh, this great. and that. Great, we want all the stats. But I'll hand me the Corsi cup, and <laughs> on, I'll go on my way.
0: Oh my! So God. I just,
1: you know, yeah. Anyway, I guess we'll move on from
0: that um dude isn't it crazy that this game is still going on yeah i know this this, this, this game has been, been going, going uh, the whole time we've yes. been doing
1: the show it's yes 6 10 left now in the third ot we're
0: an hour and we're an hour and 12 minutes this into is so pot.
1: columbus too columbus is like we can play tied forever <laughs> <laughs> it's so true <laughs> like they're playing for a tie right now no one's like there's no ties anymore guys but there's
0: been some really good chances i think you've seen my face uh, T- a Tampa's couple been times. Buzzing. Tampa's tampa had buzzing. A, a one-timer in the slot corpus Allo shut it down yeah yeah so. Uh, it's been a great game. I, I wish been, they
1: had the shot count out there right now.
0: Um I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this whole playoff thing. I had a big I had a big social media argument again fucking yesterday. Oh, did yeah. Yeah, I couldn't help myself. Soccer. Um the guy was anti-Leafs and he kept saying um
1: not even a fan of another team just a anti like a Leaf hand. I don't know.
0: I mean, I don't know what I I feel he, like I'm some su- people just are that. I don't I don't know this person. I'm sure he has a favorite team. I didn't ask him, but I could just tell that it, he was anti-Leafs and he was, you know, chirping about still not being able to win a playoff series so you still haven't won a playoff series after that game five loss you haven't won a playoff series not since a playoff series bro. Said, listen bro it's not a playoff series it's a it was not a playoff series and he would give me this big he'd give he'd give me this big novel thing he said well let's review he said um is it do they he count a do, lot of time do they count commitment? as uh, playoff stats yes is there unlimited overtime yes uh, Blah, blah, blah. You know, he had a couple things. And then he's like, at the end of the day, I understand that it's not the 16-team playoffs, but it's still a playoff series. And then I responded with, let's have a much quicker and precise review. Was it the Stanley Cup playoffs? And the answer is no. It was not the Stanley Cup playoffs, which means it was not a playoff loss or victory, like series. And here was the thing. I said, Listen, I want you to answer me this question seriously, and he never did. He never responded, so I'll take it as a win. I said, I want you to answer me this seriously. Had the Leafs won game five, would you or would you not be sitting there saying that it doesn't count as a playoff win?
1: I, I would have I been saying no.
0: I know, but that's what I was asking this anti-Leaf right, idiot. Right. You're I, telling- I, just,
1: I, just, I just want to get involved in the discussion yeah. here and not talk about you debating someone else unless you want to start a podcast with them.
0: Well, no, but I mean, I'm setting it up for the conversation. Yeah, the yeah. argument was that it's not a playoff yeah. series, and I and I that was that's what I was going to ask you. Are you in that same boat? Well, or it's were basically you calling playoffs, it's playoff but obviously
1: technically it's not. But it, there was a lot of confusing, um, like stats put out there online where people were like, uh, "The Leafs continue to not be able to win a playoff series in 15 years or whatever it's been." It's like, well, this was this not a playoffs? And then I saw other things being like, Leafs failed to qualify for the playoffs for the first time for us. Okay. Well, you got to pick one or the
0: other. You That's, can't just, you can't just double fist me like that. I know it's the latter. We didn't, we didn't make the playoffs. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's what happened. We didn't yeah. make the plus and, and let's be completely which, honest. Which sounds say, worse. We, yeah. But we may not have made the playoffs anyway. If COVID didn't happen, know we were not guaranteed a
1: lot of people forget that Columbus was basically within a point I believe it wasn't Columbus at the no time.
0: no listen it, it wasn't Columbus that was the problem it was either us or Florida it was either us or Florida oh, getting yeah, in. yeah because of the division right? yes it was either us or Florida and we had two games versus Florida remaining on the schedule did
1: Florida ever get dusted by the Islanders
0: yeah but like They're let's not good like stick stick to my point here man like we we might not have gotten in. Yeah, exactly. And we were lucky to have gotten co- like this whole COVID thing. We aren't as lucky as Montreal. Oh, my God. Okay, we're not as lucky as Montreal. Can we get in that series but, now? But, but we, we are technically lucky that we were evil, even able to to play because yeah. we might have missed. Oh and yeah. now we lose, and it's a huge fucking deal, and everyone has to be fired and traded. Well, what if we would have missed... Generally, I think the conversation still would have been the same. It might have, Fired been, everyone it might have everyone. even
1: been more but negative. I don't had know. They, had I, they not made the playoffs. I don't know,
0: bro, because, because we went an additional four months after the coaching change. So we went, the coaching change on November 21st. The playoffs would have been set and ready to go sometime in May. And we would have known by then if we were failures or not the 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 scar wouldn't have healed yet from the coaching being fired, the coaching change thing. But now Covid happens. We have an additional four months to sit on it, and we've completely forgotten about the Babcock thing. And now it's a huge goddamn failure. and Keith is supposed to be on a hot seat now. like yeah, come on, guys I maybe team for 52 games. You
1: might be right that that distance between the end of the or the surprise pause of the season up until the playoff series that might have added pressure to Keith's plate in that we would almost you know gotten forgotten that the guy didn't coach the team for the entire season.
0: Yeah, and we almost forgot that there's six points out of the fucking playoffs when he came in.
1: That's right. And it was it was funny cuz they weren't playing great too in the lead up to the uh, end of the season. No, it, we
0: were going through a bad stretch there. Yeah, we were sure. we were losing but so was Florida thankfully if you remember. No one wanted it.
1: Yeah, yeah, they were both the shit in the bed
0: towards, the but again, the most important thing to remember was we did have two games on the schedule against them, a home and home, and I was looking forward to them so much because if you remember, less because they blew they, the last Florida yes,
1: fucking trip.
0: They blew. Well, they lost. They lost a stupid game to Florida previously. They laid an egg, yeah. and it was like, guys, this this and is then, the team that you are directly fighting. Again.
1: It was brutal, you know. So, so we moving on from the Maple Leafs. Now yeah, we exhausted ourselves on this post mortems over. So now we. You know, you won't have to hear us talk about Maple Leafs for, I guess, a little while. Maybe we'll we'll sub in it with some Raptors there. Raptors playoffs coming up. That team's looking good yeah. for a run. Yeah, Raps so, and Jays. Jays are exciting some, to sub watch. Some as well. of that in there, except for Vladdy, man. That guy. What happened to that guy?
0: I don't know. He strikes out all the time.
1: My God, he came to camp massive. <laughs> Everyone's like, remember they were talking about last year? Like, yeah, I know he's got a good fitness regimen. We, we got, got a Dustin mo- Bufflin got a mo- diet. Sort, sort, yeah, he's on the Bufflin <laughs> diet there. He's going to be not reporting to camp next year. Be like, I don't really feel like playing baseball <laughs> no more.
0: Dustin Buffaglian? Yeah, Mike. Buffet? Buffet? Get out
1: of here. Hour 20. What we got? Habs in Pittsburgh, quickly. Is that not very similar to what Columbus did to the Maple Leafs like Montreal Montreal you know
0: I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really watch I didn't really enough. acknowledge
1: it because I don't put I have not paid a ton of attention to Montreal throughout the season I believe we tripped on a last show, called basically an AHL team based on their <laughs> exhibition performance against and the now Maple they're Leafs. still in they're still in it <laughs> <laughs> wow Ryan the clock there but they did something quite similar and they got extremely good goaltending out of Carey Price and Got to give their D man credit, and their D's a little better than I than I thought. And now a lot of it's in three guys: Weber, yeah. uh, Petri, and I can't even name the third one now; it escapes me. But they really seem to to play a similar game in that they were largely outshot, no chance, and you know, continue just to wait for their opportunities and capitalize.
0: Yeah, I mean, it like you said it a couple times. I think during the show, it's a game of inches and. If you can get yourself on the right side of the, those inches, then you're going to win more often than not. The problem is, is that you have to actually work really hard to get on the right side of those inches. It does. It, it's a game of inches, which makes it sound like it's luck, but you actually have to create your own luck. You got to be
1: lucky to be good, and you got to work hard to get good yeah, luck. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and that's a big cliche that everyone likes to talk about is is creating your own luck. You have to work hard and create luck, and that's what teams like Montreal and Columbus are able to do really, really well. Is Create their own luck. Make make sure that they're in positions to to get a goal on, on the goal line. Because if Foodie goes and changes with everyone else, and the Leafs just grab the puck and away we go, then Foodie doesn't score. That's right. But he, he he just goes in there and he's like, well, no one's around, so I'll just do what the coach told me to and make sure I stay on the puck and maybe I'll just shoot one. Hey! Oh,
1: and right? you and you know he's already to score too. He was flying around most of yeah, the series. Was. Pretty excited to be there. Um, wow. You got to think Montreal gets dusted here by, by Philadelphia, though, who remains the, basically the hottest team in the NHL.
0: Oh, I wanted to actually talk about Philadelphia as we are now heading to quadruple they overtime. Are a,
1: they are an exciting <laughs> hockey team to watch. Like, um, we, we talked a bit about them when they were on that heater, I believe, going into March. But, I mean, they've really found a way to, to bridge the gap between the voracek Giroux era and the new era, which is centered around Katerieh, Konechny, Provov. Hart. Uh, Hart, obviously is a huge part of that. I mean, second round pick? Are, are you kidding me? Like this guy is one showing that he's one of the
0: top goaltenders in the NHL. Maybe right I, now. I was all over town coming into this playoff, telling anyone that would listen to me that I thought Philadelphia had one of the best shots of anyone, and the only reason being was Carter Hart. And that, everyone and kept remained... asking me questions like, "Why do you say that?" Like, and I'm like, "I don't even know." Like, I just have a super confidence. I have my confidence level is super high specifically on carter hart absolutely and, he and, really and goaltending
1: good. is a huge part of long playoff runs and, and winning the cup you have to have it yeah your goaltender has to be on a heater i mean we've seen teams who have no business being in the finals get there because their goalies on a heater the one thing that would
0: concern me for flyers fans is this team is notorious for going on runs uh both ways both ways okay so
1: that's happened a lot of last couple yeah, seasons. Yeah,
0: so they go on a run and they play fantastic in the round robin, and then they win game one or something, and then all of a sudden we're going the other way, you know. So you have to hope that because it's the postseason, it's it's like a, it's a different time. It's the playoffs. It's like a it's like a new season, you know. Let's go and everything's on the line. Every single shift, something's on the line, right in the postseason. So hopefully that gets them going and they're going to have a a more consistent showing instead of winning 10 games in a row and then literally losing 10 games in a row, like right after like their previous 20 is 10 and 10. But how'd they get there?
1: They look geared (laughs) up and they don't even have to play Pittsburgh this time. So it's it's pretty sweet for them. They've set themselves up pretty nice here in this first round against Montreal. Obviously, a series that they should win, but most likely or, uh, you know, they, they, they seem to have an easy, a pretty good time generating offense with the amount of depth they have up front. Uh, but I imagine Carey Price, I mean, he's he looked, I, I even heard people saying, turn back the clock. And I was like, holy shit, Price is that old, really.
0: And Weber, too.
1: You know, they uh, Carey Price has been unbelievable. It's nice to see. I mean, I, I feel like you're not a hockey fan if you're not a fan of Carey Price. I mean, he just did such a great talent and great player and a great human being as I've been well.
0: I've been hearing some people over the last little while been claiming that price is just one of the most overrated goalies and stuff and I'm I'm not hearing that I'm not hearing that I think he's perfectly rated actually
1: yeah I think like, he's, he's so good he's accurately rated he's accurately think- rated People are just wondering when is that time where you take away that title of being... You the know, name value. You know, it, it was like with Lundquist. Yeah. Lundquist forever was the go-to. He's the best goalie in the league.
0: And now he's, just, sure. the, and now he's just the best-dressed goalie in the league.
1: Yeah, and the most handsome.
0: <laughs> okay, fine. He
1: might be the most handsome goalie of all time. <laughs> he probably is. Because if you think about it, you know, go back 50 years in a mass of their... Faces were haggard. Yeah,
0: fair enough. So Yeah, that's a good point, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're all hacked up. they got scars everywhere.
0: All right, man, what are we saying? Hour and 23. We want to wrap it up here? Uh,
1: I guess, quickly, who, who are you going to watch? Because I know there's been a lot of talk about, holy shit, way to go, NHL. You had your best superstars face off against teams that had no business being in any playoff format get eliminated, i.e. Connor McDavid by the Chicago Blackhawks, Sidney Crosby, by the Montreal Canadiens, right? So, who are you watching in this next round? Is there a team or players that you're going to be tuning into? Are you rooting for anyone?
0: I'm definitely not rooting for anyone. As you know, i I don't really tend i don't tend to do that. The only time I root is for late in the game when it's tied. I will root for the team trying to score because all I want is Talk, overtime. Yeah, you want chaos. All I want is overtime. And that, yeah, good point. You do know me well. I want chaos. That's yeah. why I want. I mean,
1: to- the average hockey fan, when you're watching, it, you just want exciting hockey. <laughs> I wanted the mystery yeah. team. To I was pick lottery. someone for some reason. When I tune into any sport, I'm like, even if I don't know what the sport is, I'm like, ah, blue
0: guys. Yeah, blue guys. I, see, and I do that, but I flip back and forth. I pick the blue guys, then they go up by three, and I'm like, oh, that's too. Nah, bad. I kind of like these I like guys. The white that, guys now. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with the team white. Right? You know. So for me, I don't really. I definitely won't be rooting for anybody. I'll be following closely uh, in my pool. I have, a few, uh, I have a few players in my pool. But honestly, dude, for me, it, it is going to be Philly. I, I do enjoy watching the way they play. Um, normally, I'm drawn to a Philly team when the games are in Philadelphia because the crowd is so fantastic. Right. Uh, obviously, not a factor now. Um, but just the fact that I, I have spent more time watching the Orange and Black uh, I think, than other teams. I, I am a very, very big Carter Hart fan. I drafted him in my keeper league. I, I, I drafted him here in our in, in my playoff pool for this year. And I also just really enjoy watching him play goalie. As you know, I play recreationally as a goalie now for just pick up, just for fun. And I really enjoy watching a guy like Carter Hart play. He's young, he's athletic, he's a really fun goalie to watch. And uh, I'll be spending some time, I think, uh, watching the Flyers.
1: Yeah, I, I'll be digging the Flyers as well. Like you said, style of play is a big factor in that. Uh, I think Vegas Golden Knights, uh, just because of what that, that team does, I mean, they score goals, they'll hit you, they'll bruise you. Yeah, you know, They're built for playoff hockey as far as I'm concerned. And I think uh, the Colorado Avalanche and Carolina Hurricanes, just for Carolina's an exciting, fast team to watch, you could say the same thing about Colorado. Uh, Nathan McKinnon obviously is a huge draw. Uh, and, uh, you know, go Nazem Kadri, go Jake Gardner, go James Reimer, right?
0: Yeah, good. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> an interesting way to look at it, too. I, I think Colorado goes without saying. I mean, that team is literally so electric. I mean, they got Nate Mack, they got um, McCar on the back end. Oh, I wanted to draft McCarr in my playoff pool so bad. Because for me, I, I like to draft players from teams that I can't wait to watch play. I don't really want to draft a, team, uh, a player from Dallas. I don't really. That's you know, my only really thing about Colorado. Like, game. I
1: wasn't. Um, I know the the game times are a little screwed up because of afternoon games and whatnot, but I'm like, I don't know if I can jump on like a full bandwagon of Colorado because I don't want to stay up that late to watch them.
0: Yeah, that's a good point too. You know, one of the main reasons why I enjoy watching Colorado games so often, and we have a couple of dedicated listeners that are huge Avalanche fans, shout out Pipes and Eric, big fans. Um, I love watching Colorado games because of their broadcast. Their broadcast is so good. And Mike Moser has been on the call uh, for the Avalanche. So it's been really fun to uh, to watch him do, this,
1: do it. This reminds me, I, I wanted to bring this up to you, but I was listening to Tampa Bay, Washington in the round robin. I had thrown down a live bet on the game and it was the Tampa Bay feed on Sirius. And oh my God, you
0: have Phil Esposito. Was that Phil Esposito? The, He's out of his mind. The color? He's out of his mind. He is so out of his He's mind.
1: He's so, mind. so was, out of his mind. I'm was. was. I was, I'm so happy you heard him because I was no, like, no, I know what it. is this? I like, didn't I was hear like, that, Who but is I old man who doesn't know what the hell he's talking <laughs> he like it, for anyone out there like tune into a Tampa Bay lightning because I guess it's the local radio broadcast mm-hmm. I'm assuming because mm-hmm. it is it would not pass the broadcast standards of anyone oh
0: absolutely not all he did was
1: bitch about like Tom Wilson roughing it up and like he was just angry about everything so that's Phil Esposito that's Phil Esposito the legend Esposito. himself
0: yes that's Phil Esposito wow. and, and you know what let's go it's so funny we're having this conversation right now because I I I, I changed the channel because I can't. I can't handle it. He, he he's cutting him off. The yeah, commentator that's, that's, sometimes. That's what I was say. He's
1: just like barking about stuff. He's like, "What is this?" Sometimes he doesn't tell you what's happening. He's just like, "What? Is, I don't know what's going on. What is this? What what is this?" I'm like, "I don't know, dude. You're supposed to tell me. I'm just listening." And the
0: uh, and the play by play guy is doing his gosh darn. That guy best. is a saint, man. How does he's he? Doing how does best.
1: he? How does he get by? I don't know. Like, how does he continue to do his job? And he, does, he doesn't um, feed into him either. He just kind of brushes him off.
0: That's so funny that you were talking about that, man. Oh. Yeah, Phil, Phil's lost his mind. Hey, um... Are we wrapping up here or what? Yeah, let's yeah, do we're it. Yeah, ready to wrap up. All right, let's good wrap it show. up. Pucks and Deep podcast thanks for coming out. We'll see yeah. you
1: uh, when the Leafs start camp December. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs>
0: yeah, thanks for uh, listening. Episode sixty six is a wrap. Hey, um, I wanted to ask you. Um, I guess I should have asked you post show, but this will be good podcasting because it might make our listeners rewind. It be good. Last did, time
1: you said that it wasn't. Did good. you
0: uh, happen to catch in the intro during the montage of players saying pucks and deep? Get pucks and deep. Uh, Our boy, Austin Matthews, makes two appearances I did not
1: hear it I remixed it I didn't know you you entered
0: I entered uh, Entered some new Yeah, some new material New material Some new other players saying pucks and deep Just Matthews I heard a
1: really good intermission speech the other day That we could have used the whole thing He said it so many times
0: Oh, really? Yeah, I I wish I remember who it
1: was But he had said, like, get pucks deep And yeah, you know, it's
0: important when we get those pucks in
1: Right you know well, like deep and stuff
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> deep and stuff well we might have to change our name to balls in deep uh if we're gonna be covering raptors and Jays.
1: maybe a little golf in there
0: oh my god dude tiger's about to play a lot Summer. of tournaments oh i'll talk about golf all day let's talk about golf coming up uh in the next couple of podcasts we're gonna need some uh you some might content. need your own
1: separate golf co- podcast really
0: maybe but i'll get you on board you're a betting man you like to bet on it
1: yeah I know I didn't thanks a lot DJ and fucking uh, what's the other guy there?
0: Morikawa the guy that won no I,
1: I should have bet him when he was charging up the field yeah, there he was, he was ripping I was like wow I saw a couple of the shots he made but I lost money on the other guy there Steve Shedder or Shoelist or whatever his name oh, was oh Scotty
0: Scheffler Scotty Scheffler Sh- Shoeless Scotty Scheffler no, I was
1: like this guy this is my dark horse <laughs> went on him
0: alright well listen uh, we'll talk to you guys next week Thanks for tuning into the Pucks and Deep podcast. The postmortem is finished. Leafs are finished, but the podcast will continue on. At Coleman forty two, at LeskoAdam, Adam, and at PuckPod on the Twitter sphere. Keep your sticks on the ice. We'll see you next week.